Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we're going to be getting into the recent FIBA World Cup qualifier games that Luka has been playing. On August 25th, the Slovenian national team beat Estonia in a blowout win, 104-83. to And then they recently lost to Mavs All-Star um, German, uh, possibly the best German basketball player of all time, not named Dirk Nowinski, Dennis Schroeder who just went on absolute tear. They lost to Germany 90-71. to 71. I was obviously just kidding when I said that. I hope you guys knew that. Um, but anyways, we'll be getting into that. And then today we also have our Mavs season awards for the 2021-22 uh, um, season. So this will feature only players from last season, none of the recently acquired players. Um, so we'll be getting into that. We have some fun little topics to iron out. Um, but before we do that, here is an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jaren, so getting into it here. So Slovenia versus Estonia. Slovenia blew Estonia out 104 to 83. Estonia kept it close in the um, first half. They had this one kid, I think that was in Arizona, that was actually giving Luca trouble. They were talking trash the whole time. Luca was tra- uh, talking trash to the ref, trying to get them to change calls. or Not, not maybe talking trash, but, you know, uh, heckling the ref, trying to get him to change some calls just in typical fashion. But, um, you know, pulling up the box score here, uh, Dragic had 19 points on 8 of 10 shooting. Um, Luka had 25 on 9 of 18 shooting, um, 3 of 8 from 3. Um, in typical fashion, he had four went 4 from 8 from the line. Um, he had 11 rebounds and eight assists. So really good all around game from him. He looked like he kind of just dominated from top to bottom when he played this Estonia squad. They just didn't really seem like they had any firepower. Yeah. They didn't really have any NBA guys. Um, what was your main takeaway from that first uh, people world qualifier game on uh, August 25th, uh, August 25th there? Yeah. Like I think it's clear Estonia doesn't really have any NBA level talent at the moment. I think that one kid, I forget his name. Yeah. I think that one kid from Arizona definitely has the talent to be that. Um, but it's clear right now as of at least like in the G league or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe G league, but like it's clear right now, Estonia really isn't like an established international squad in terms as, as it fares against teams like Turkey, Slovenia, Germany, teams like that. Um, yeah, from pretty much tip off, uh, it was pretty much a win for Slovenia. Luca dominated all game. Goran once again, pulling off. Uh, a quiet 19 points or was it 19 or 18 yeah, 19 yeah um he tends to be doing that so yeah. far through these world qualifiers or these and also matches. shout out to Vlako Konchar he has been shooting yes. the lights out in like every game he uh I know we're, we're not talking about this right now but he in the Germany game actually had some key three-pointers that somewhat kept him in it in the first half mm-hmm. um but yeah aside from that like I think it was just clear like Estonia just isn't that ready of a squad uh and no props or like no no knocking them them down um but yeah slovenia was just clearly the better team and luca dominated from tip off yeah no it was a really um fun game that i think really got a lot of Mavs fans riled up on twitter from just some of the plays luca was making he had that one insane like behind the back pass leaning into the corner 
Um, a, lot of, a lot to be excited about, especially from, you know, as we've seen through all these games, like his athleticism um, just looks a lot better, you know, but um, as we get into this next Germany game, you can definitely see that Luca had, you know, an off night, more of an off night. And this kind of maybe gives us a, you know, obviously a Slovenia team is not identical to the Mavericks by whatsoever, you know, I would take um, Christian Wood, JaVale McGee and Dwight Powell and Maxi Cleaver or Mike Toby as much as, you know, I do love Mike Toby. But, you know, looking at this box score here, um, Luca, I mean, stats wise, he didn't really even do as bad um, as one would expect in this uh, Germany game here. But he had 23 points on uh, three of seven from three on seven uh, from 16 from the field. Again, another bad fairing um, from the line, uh, only six for 11 on uh, free throws. Yeah. He had um, six rebounds and six assists, but he also did have um, four turnovers. And he just kind of seemed to like, I wouldn't say like slower, but he seemed a little more lackadaisical out there in this game. Um, you know, Franz Wagner uh, played really good in the first half for Germany. He had 16 points. And uh, Dennis Schroeder had like a rough first half, but then a lot of Mass fans were clamoring about him on Twitter um, once they got going there because he really started to take over the game in the second half and start to put Slovenia um, away to an extent now. You know, just to preface, we haven't been able to watch either of these games yeah. just because of you know, certain time constraints and things of that nature. But, um, you know, and actually, Contra only had one three in this game. That's oh, only, this is only bucket. Um, I don't know. Okay, I do remember it. I think you may have got that misconstrued at the Estonia game because he was raining threes in that game. Yeah, maybe that's that. Um, and Dragic had a rough night. But I don't know. My main takeaway from all this is, like, from these FIBA World Qualifier games, like, we're seeing, like, a lot of, like, overreactions from Mass fans in terms of, oh, Luca's not going to be this. Oh, that's the reason we didn't sign Draghi. It's like, you know, just take it game by game. Like these are international guys. I mean, they're they're gonna play hard in every game, don't get me wrong. Um, it's the NBA. Yeah. So um, I mean, these are NBA players. Um, and you know, for one to think that they're just gonna like like lower their intensity for international play would be foolish. But that being said, you know, they do have off nights as well. And Slovenia just kind of appeared to be off. I mean, this Germany squad didn't even have its like full array of NBA talent. I don't think. I don't think Mo Wagner. Yeah, was Mo, Mo Wagner was on the best team. Maxi wasn't on the team, um, so they they weren't even really working with their whole um, sort of array of talent. But they still kind of got the best of the Slovenia team. So it just it goes to show that it's off nights. But you know, yeah, part of it, it's not even like as much a conditioning thing for Luca because you know he does appear like he's in getting in better shape. He's maybe not at like peak shape. But a lot of it almost might be like a, you know, a mental block, like, you know, every once in a while, if it's not the most high intensity game, I want to take games off, you know, how do you think Luca can work to get past that here in the future? And do you think that's going to be as big of an issue as it has been uh, maybe the last year or two um, this coming season? Yeah, like, I don't I don't think it'll be a huge problem once the season generally starts. Like, I think, you know, every team gets off to a rough start. I think that's clear and we've seen it years past especially with this maverick squad I mean, even if you're winning you're not playing your peak basketball no at yeah the beginning of the season i i think peak basketball doesn't hit until really end of first round second round of the playoffs i i genuinely believe that and maybe in some teams hit their spurt you know january or post all-star like we saw with this mavericks team um but yeah aside from that you know one thing was clear to me was like uh it just it, like luca definitely an off night to say the least uh his intensity I don't know. It just didn't, it, it was there at times, but it wasn't there the whole game. Like we've seen in games past in these uh, world cup friendlies and qualifiers. Uh, now with that being said, one thing that stuck out to me is like 
what what is this Mavericks team gonna look like? Because it's it's bound to happen. Luca's gonna have an off night. I think that's clear. Like everybody has an off night. That's gonna happen. What what is this Mavericks team gonna look like whenever Luca has an off night? What is this Mavericks team gonna look like whenever the whole team has an off night? And I you know that was really the whole entire month. Yeah, of essentially, like who's gonna burden the load when one of the ball handlers is having a bad game? Because you know only having two primary ball handlers it handicaps your ability extremely to. Uh, be able to create offense and find open guys if any of those guys are having a rough turnover game or hampered by injuries. So it's a definite question. Um, but, you know, I guess my main concern is just, you know, Luca hasn't done this like too frequently, but he does yeah. have a tendency to play down to lower teams and play up to higher teams, which, you know, I understand maybe not expelling, you know, yourself on every single possession, driving as hard as you can to the rim on every single possession, every single game of the season. That makes total sense, you know, especially – want to save your legs a little bit that's just smart against some of these um, lesser teams but the fact that you know he starts to like just take games off and you know not care and just settle for step backs one step backs even you know just because the opponent not even necessarily to do with like rest or injury like if, you know that's also understandable but if he's just doing it for that which he has done the last couple of years at times that's where I see the main issue would you agree on that no I totally 100% agree it, like, like I don't know. It, it wasn't even that, you know, the Slovenian team played bad. I mean, they didn't play great at all. It's just the, the intensity wasn't there for the whole team around. Like, I don't know, maybe something happened in the locker room. Um, but, you know, they had a three-day break, which I think is actually a short break in terms of international play. Um, but with that being said, I mean, Luka, Goran, even Zoran a little bit, like they're all accustomed to this NBA schedule where, you know, you're playing every other day. That's why, you know – you know, maybe it was just a bad game and maybe we're overreacting, like you said earlier, because yeah. Mavericks fans tend to do that 24-7. But aside from that, um, it, it was just a clear off night. The intensity wasn't there. But yeah, what what is that going to look like in the regular season whenever that isn't there? No, most definitely. And I think Slovenia next plays on either September 1st or 2nd. Um, nah, no more qualifying games. It's like the actual, the actual, um, I don't know if it's like the actual like World Cup, but um the games matter a lot more now. Um, they're essentially in like a bracket, I believe. So intrigued to see that. I need to look up who they're playing. I, I, I know yeah. there's like three or four groups, and there's like yeah. six teams per group. Yeah, I believe they're in either group B or C. I can't remember to be quite honest with you. But we will uh, go ahead and cover that when they play um, next. I believe it's September 1st or 2nd, like I said. Um, also, it was really cool to see Luca throw down a uh, two-hand jam off of one foot. That was yeah, that was. <laughs> um, I was like, that was a spurt of athleticism that I think he has definitely gained a little bit. So that was cool. Like I said, he's moving just a lot more fluidly and faster, especially just the way he's like getting into actions, and he's coming off screens faster. He's um he's settling for less less step backs in this game, which has also been cool. Um, you know, he just had, he's moving with a different intensity to the rim. Like he's making moves to get somewhere versus like. You know, while he would do that, obviously that's, you know, the basis of how he plays is making moves to get somewhere. There are a lot of times I felt like, you know, he would, you know, kind of just dribble around just for, you know, sake to waste time off the shot clock or, you know, things of that nature. But he's like effectively getting to somewhere on almost every drive I've seen from these games, which is like really um, that's has me hyped in terms of his increased conditioning and athleticism that we're going to be he's going to be showcasing um, this coming year, hopefully. Um, but, you know. At the same time, like he had, like we said, he's not reached his peak in terms of an athletic standpoint. Like, you know, there are levels to it. Um, but I am happy with with what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I, I agree.
Yeah, but uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our award show for the season. So this is for the, uh, as we said in the intro, this is for the 2021-22 season. So only players from that team. So no Christian Wood, Javale McGee, or any of like the two-way guys or any of that. But these are going to be strictly um, the awards from last season. We don't have any cool intro music to instill here, but we will do our best to kind of like run through these and got some funny awards here at the bottom that uh, we thought were cool. Yeah. So um, teammate of the year um, is going to be the first award. So um, here we have it in between Boban, Reggie Bullock, Theo Pinson, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Who did you select from this group? So out of this group, um, you know, it was really, really tough between Boban and Theo. But I just think that the impact it had on the playoffs, I, I have to go with Theo Pinson. Yeah. Um, I put Reggie Bullock in there for – I can't remember if it's, like, the Walter J. Uh, Kennedy, like, Citizenship Award or whatever it's called. But I think he won something like that. Yeah, he won, yeah. You know, for his work in the um, LGBTQ field. And uh, he's been, like, a huge ally there. But, um, you know, just because of his effect, you know, I guess more so on the court. I went with Theo Pinson, but, you know, Boban and Reggie Bullock were close runner-ups for sure. Um, but, yeah, I would have to agree with you because of the bench and, ball. And the, yeah, and this isn't per to preference or prefer, whatever. <laughs> this isn't, uh, like, who's the best teammate on the floor. Like, this is just best teammate overall. Like, who gets the guys going off the bench? Um, and, I mean, who who's like, who's actually a good teammate? And, you know, all, three, all four of these guys are amazing teammates, so not knocking any of them, but I just feel like Theo's impact on the playoffs was just too much. No, I 100% agree. So next on uh, for the award, uh, for the R award show, we have most improved. Um, we have Jalen Brunson, Josh Green, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Who'd you go with out of this group, Jay? Uh, for sure, Jalen Brunson. And yeah. that hurts to say. And hurts to say, but I had to go with Jalen Brunson as well. Yep. Uh, next up, we have best newcomer. Um, you know, I could have included Sterling Brown in here, but and or Marquise Chris or something like that but you know I try to narrow most of these down to three or four people so um the candidates for this one are going to be Davis Bertans, Spencer Dinwiddie and Reggie Bullock who did you end up rolling with on this one so for you know I like I love Spencer I love what he does to this team I love what he brought post KP trade but I have to go Reggie Bullock you know he was there all year he was there especially in the playoffs uh Spencer you can argue kind of disappeared a little bit but um you know take away the what was it? It was like a month stretch where Reggie Bullock couldn't hit a three to save his life. At the start of the season. Yeah, at the start yeah. of the season. I, I feel like there's a, a clear winner here. And that's yeah, it. no, I have, I have to go with him too. Just because of the consistency, uh, Dinwiddie, I felt like was less consistent, even if he had higher highs than um, Reggie Bullock's highs. But especially towards the end of the season, Reggie Bullock had his stride. I mean, he was just essential, you know, bang bros for life. <laughs> um, I, I only threw Davis's name in there for like namesake, just because I didn't have another person to fill the spot and I need at least three people for the candidates now if we have playoff MVP you can argue Davis yeah and with this four point plays <laughs> uh, best shooter on the team this is a fun one uh, we got Reggie Davis Dorian Maxi. who do you go with um this is a tough one I actually don't think I have a selection I'm gonna go Dorian here um I like Maxi. I like Reggie of course Davis is a, a lighter but he doesn't play a whole lot yeah uh Reggie you know he just wasn't there the whole season um Dwight Powell or not Dwight Powell Jesus uh Maxi Kleba you know Maxi I love Maxi I love what he brought um but again he had one of those streaks where it was just couldn't tear three yeah time. I was like couldn't shooting some I think 25 percent like the whole month of April and like yeah. March like it was horrendous so 
And I'd have to agree. I actually went with Davis on this one, not okay. for the, you know, obviously he was shooting like really bad in Washington, but he takes really difficult threes. And I feel like I was looking at this not necessarily from like a percentage aspect, but like if you give this like who's the best shooter okay. out of like the bunch, like you know, like who am I trusting the most to shoot the ball if they're open in the corner? And I was close between uh Davis and Reggie, um, but I ended up picking Davis at the end. I said so I was going pure just consistency and percentage. No, that, that I understand that. That's a, that's a different angle to it. Um, next up, we have best defender. Now, this one is, um, I feel like some people might go with the sort of underdog here, um, but the four candidates are Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi, Reggie Bullock, and Frank Nilekina. Who'd you end up picking? So I'm going to, you know, I love Dorian. Uh, you'll, you'll notice something. It's his name is pretty much brought in in every important category here. Um and, you know, I really do feel like he's the best defender on this team, but I feel like what this guy brought to the team uh, was just – and what he did and the minutes he played were so valuable. I'm going to go with Maxi Kleba. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to go with Maxi. I thought Maxi had some inconsistent defensive stretches, especially, uh, you know, when his shot wasn't falling. It seemed like a defense followed to an extent. So, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised by the answer from you. I, um, he was just our one uh, air quote – True center. So yeah, I mean, I, I I understand that. Um, I would probably go with Dorian, but actually, my close second would be Frank Nitlakina, because if you're only looking at this from a skill set perspective, um, not necessarily like you know that he made the most defensive plays during the season or anything like that, but I mean, he guarded the heck out of Devin Booker in the playoffs, and you know that was a key factor as to why we won that series. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I put him as a close second, but I you know I still think maybe overall Dorian's a little bit better of an actual defender. So I went with him on that. Really? So yeah. I figured, you know, Frank might be better because he locked up Jokic apparently. So oh my bad, my bad. Yeah, that fadeaway jumper. That was that was all Frank. You know, it's not like the shot clock was winding down or anything. No. Yeah. Um, but to add to my maxi, I guess pick was like, like there was just so much asked of him, and you know, for the most part, I feel like he. He stood up to what was asked of him, and he, he excelled at it. So that's why I kind of picked Maxi. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so next up, we have the best defense. I don't know. We just did that. Yeah. <laughs> the most athletic on the team. And for these four, I put Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, and Marquise Chris. Who did you end up rolling with on this there's, one? There's one right answer. Uh, I guess RIP is Maverick career, but Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris is honestly, like, ferocious in the way that he threw the ball down and – I mean, he, that dude had that he had hops, but you know, just given he's a little taller, um, I feel like that made it came to his his advantage. I feel like if you're looking at overall athleticism and how quick it's this guy is, no, no, yeah, quick, I <laughs> oh, I'm I'm gonna go with Josh Green because if you're looking at like the speed and the jumping combined, like I think he exhibits the best, like the most athleticism out of any of these guys. Taking like I guess. Funny stuff out of the way. I definitely picked Josh Green, but I just had to pick Marquis Green. Oh, okay. He just, he just had some insane yeah, backs. So that's funny. All right. Now, uh, most of these from here on out, there's a couple more actual, like, um, you know, good awards here to be bestowed upon some of our dear Mavericks players. But a lot of these are going to be more, more so funny awards here. So we'll see who wins out on that. Who do you think is the funniest person on the Mavericks? So, candidates here we have are Dorian Finney Smith, Boban Marjanovic. Luka Doncic and Theo Pinson. So yeah, I'm gonna 
You you have to pick the pick the big man for something. So I'm gonna go Boban. Yeah. My original pick was Theo, but Boban's just. I mean, Theo's Boban. funny, but it's more of like a he's just hype, you know. Yeah. So he doesn't like. Well, he is like funny in terms of the way he like heckles and stuff. Like I think Boban is just like more like objectively funny. So I went with him as well. I would definitely agree, but can't wait to see him when he comes back um, versus the Rockets. I think it's like November 16th, something like that. He's going to dominate the Mavericks. I know. Oh, yeah. So. He's the IOP starts over Alperen Shingoon and just absolutely clocks us <laughs> in the throat. Um, but that's not going to happen because of um, JaVale McGee and Christian Wood and our new center core. Let's hope. Yeah. But I, w- I would be okay if Boban killed the Mavericks. I'd honestly look forward to it. <laughs> I just love him so much. Anyways, um, fastest on the team. Um, this is what's kind of um, a little bit parallel to the question about most, most athletic on the team, but, you know, you get a few different guys on here. Um, my candidates here, I have Josh Green, Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson, and Frank Nilakina. Who do you pull with on this one? So I guess, like, it, it just depends on what kind of fast you're talking about. Like, I think from uh, end-to-end court, I feel like it's definitely Josh Green. Really? Um, yeah, but but I feel like really the fastest in terms of just – Short spurts, which you see the most in the game of basketball. I'm gonna go Jalen Brunson. Interesting. I mean, I think Jalen Brunson might be the quickest. That's yeah. Um, but I honestly like this guy hauls when he's has the ball and he's saying he's trying to get down the course. Trey Burke, and that's who I probably go with. Like it's the fastest on the team, either him or Josh Green. But I definitely kind of see what you're saying there. But Jalen, um, and I, I put Frank in there not because I've like seen a ton of like. Frank just absolutely zooming down the court, but more so because he has like a Usain Bolt type build. I feel like Frank <laughs> is really fast. He just, you know, he's like really laterally quick, obviously, in the way he plays defense. He just doesn't, I don't feel like he has the ability, like with his ball, the ball in his hands to like, you know, showcase his speed maybe as much as he possibly could. But I feel like he, like, if like we're just running sprints here, Frank would low key beast a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, okay. This is like the last like serious uh, question to an extent the best two-way player on the Mavericks. It's kind of, like I said, is a little parallel to the uh, defensive question from earlier, but it's between um, Dorian Maxey and Reddy Bullock. Who did you end up rolling with? So, again, this goes to, like, the best defender on the team, and the reason why I picked Maxey was because uh, he just brought so much to the team. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got to go Dorian. His offense was just too – it was too needed at times, and his defense and, was yeah. too needed at times, and he always hit. Yeah, and, I mean, Dorian showcased uh, – the ability to attack off closeouts this year, which was essential. And he was actually able to pass a little bit, um, swing the ball around. So, yeah, I definitely think the way he developed his offensive game a little bit, you know, I think he averaged 11 a game this year, something like that. Yeah. Um, He just showed a little more offensively. And, I mean, he continues to, you know, hover around 40% every year from three these last couple of years. So I definitely agree that he's, like, way more essential, hence why he'd be the best two-way player. Um, out of this group, I'd probably put Reggie Bullock as number two, but that's just me personally. Yeah, yeah, I, no, actually, yeah. So here, here are the funny ones. We'll breeze the, through these real quick. Um, so the first one, this is the Mister Steelio Girl Award. Um, <laughs> it is between uh, if you know if you're at the bar and you know your girlfriend gets disgruntled with you, it's not really happy with how the night's going, and one of these Mavericks comes up, could they possibly take her home instead and leave you? Um, Kind of red and kind of catchy red-handed. Um, so right here we have Maxi Cleaver, uh, Theo Pinson, um, Frank Nilakina, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Spencer Dinwiddie. So okay, all these guys have 
some sort of characteristic that I feel like gives him possess. Frank is French. I feel like that is a, an attraction to any girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Theo, I feel like Theo can, you know, talk. Yeah, about, yeah I feel like. As can, as can Spencer. I yeah, mean, as, yeah, I feel like Spencer has that ras too. Yeah. And then Tim, I feel like Tim's a good looking man. I feel like he has that, yeah. that, that little redazzle yeah in terms of talking and then maxi i think maxi really is like yeah, but i feel like maxi's too nice yeah i feel like yeah, yeah. so i think I, I would go with tim personally tim because okay, I, I think he has the the talking to an extent and he'd have the you know the attraction as well i feel i feel like theo i think theo like i don't know i just feel like he doesn't he doesn't care he just doesn't care yeah just, <laughs> i can see that i can see that all right so this one's actually a group of players that would win this so these are the mavericks you'd want to spend an evening hanging out with the ward um, we have it between Luca and Boban, the Bang Bros, and the Bench Mob. So there's three different groups right here. Who would you pick personally, Jared? So this is a tight battle between all three of them, but I think the one that edges out the most has got to be the Bench Mob. I feel like the Bench Mob is just so nightly or so tight that uh, I don't know. I feel like they'd be chill in any scenario. You know, you go you go practice basketball, or you go practice, and they're they're chill. If you go to a club, they're chill. Go to a bar, whatever, they're chill. Uh, go hang out at their house. I feel like they're chilling. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like you could all get, you could get turned with them too. It would yeah, be yeah. a very turned time. I'd have to concur with you know the Bang Bros would be a close second. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds very um, interesting to say. Um, you know, I think Luca and Boban would be like really fun, but it kind of depends on what your preferences are. Um, yeah, I just think the the Bang Bros like you could you could get like really real like those. I could feel like I could you know, pour out any sort of problems I had to them. They could like give me like real advice. Reggie Bullock seems like a kind of spiritual guy and you know, Dorian could give me some good advice. So I, I think that I would probably go, um, but I would definitely go with the bench mob because it, it would just be like really turn. That's a funny one. Um, I hope that somebody like clips that and puts that on Twitter. So <laughs> um, here, so next one is the most giving Maverick. Uh, you know, a lot of Mavericks do some good work in the community. So out of these three guys, we have uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, and Reggie Bullock. So I, I got to go Dwight Powell. I mean, let's be real. Like, the reason why he's been a maverick for so long, I feel like, is because he's so giving in the community, and that's why I picked him. No, most definitely. Um, Dwight's done a lot of stuff with the NBA Cares and organization and all that, so I'd definitely have to go with him first. Um, but, you know, Reggie and Tim, both the great guys as well, so they're they're definitely close seconds. Um, but, you know, Dwight just means so much more to this organization for the amount of time he's been here and all the things he's done with in within the community and what have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a good one right here. We have um, most likely Maverick to play another professional sport um, award. So we have Trey Burke, Frank Lakina, Dorian, and Josh Green. Who do, who do you pick here? So I think Dorian would run a pretty solid uh, wide receiver tight end. Um, if you could put some weight on. If you could put some weight on, yeah. yeah. But I, I think I don't think you said Josh Green. Or did you? I did say Josh you Green. Did, yeah. Okay. I think Josh Green would be the best. I feel like that dude would be an insane outside linebacker. No, Josh Green would be. I feel like in either football or rugby, he can yeah. play linebacker. I mean, he's I, Australian. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah exactly. Rugby. Exactly. So I honestly think it's him. But the reason we put Trey Burke on here, for those who are wondering, I feel like Trey Burke has like a boxer build. Like he could be like um, – what weight division would he be in, I guess? He weighs like 170, 165. That would be middle? Yeah. I think yeah. – Yeah. No, I mean, he just has like a kind of boxer build. I feel like Trey, Trey Burke has like – Ability to like really throw some punches on people. I don't know. He just gives me that sort of vibe. What about you? Middle is heavy. But um, yeah, no, yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like he. Uh, if you if you meet him in public and you catch him on the wrong day, I feel like you you'd, you'd get dropped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 
Not to say he's a bad person or anything, just saying it's going to. All right. So, uh, most likely Maverick to not be on the team by the trade deadline. This is only other Mavericks that, you know, are, that we were on the team last year, not any of the new guys that we signed. Um, this is between Dwight, um, Davis Bertans, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Josh Green. Who'd you pick on this one? I'm going to go with Davis. I just feel like he doesn't. Davis or Dwight Powell, but out of these, I'd pick Davis. Yeah, I'd pick Davis as well, just for the fact that, you know, his contract is, like, not easily expendable because it's not. It's hard to get off of, but it's probably the most desirable to get off of from, from the Mavericks' perspective. They want to get off that contract the most. And, I mean, you know, you always can use shooting and stuff off the bench, but just, like, kind of the direction that the front court has started to shape up, I think they could definitely go without him the most out of any of those guys. Um, but Dwight's definitely a close second because he's almost expendable, you know, just in the center rotation. But, you know, as you just don't want to – because not that we don't need that last big man in case any of the guys get hurt, but just the fact that we shouldn't be paying him like $11 million a year. You know? Yeah. Um, who's the smartest Maverick out of these three? This is the smartest Maverick award between Dwight Powell, uh, Jalen Brunson, and Reggie Bullock. I'm going to go with Dwight Powell. Stanford pride right there. No, uh, Stanford no. product. Jalen Brunson was a close second for me. He's really basketball savvy. He's – all his interviews, he kind of just checks all the boxes. Seems like he knows exactly what he's talking about. Reggie, you know, is a really like socially cognizant guy, but I feel like Dwight, you know, in a Stanford education, he talks. Dwight talks very sophisticated and dresses. He dresses the part too, so I would definitely have to roll with him if I was um, choosing as well. Um, <laughs> this one's a funny category. This is the best least contributor. So the guys that maybe weren't on the Mavericks for too long or didn't really do the much, do that much. Um, even if they were on the team for a long period of time, who's the best out of these guys? Um, this is a funny word we got going here. Um, we have Isaiah Thomas, uh, Sterling Brown, Brandon Knight, Charlie Brown Jr., and Trey Burke. Who'd you go with on this one? I got to go with Brandon Knight. Yeah. Uh, just the – the I don't even – they played like three games. Maybe like um, five. Yeah, they're, they're five or something yeah. somewhere around there. But, yeah, like – I mean, yeah, like one 20-point game, a couple 15-point games. Yeah, like he, I, I want to see the average – Probably yeah. 14s or 15s. I don't know if Trey Burke had his annual, like, really good game versus Orlando. I can't honestly <laughs> remember. But I think Trey Burke had one or two good games, but not enough – not as much as uh, Brandon Knight, nor did he play the, you know, significant minutes. And Trey Burke, you know, had some COVID issues earlier in the year and didn't get the vaccine, all that stuff that kind of, like, hampered his ability to stay in the lineup. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. Like, I would Brandon Knight on there. Even though he, he definitely played less than 10 games for the Mavs. Um, who was the best on the broadcast crew this year? Who would you give on this award? Um, this is going to be between Mark Followell, Jessica and Wade, um, newfound uh, guy in the broadcast, at least he's worked in the mass front, um, mass front office, obviously, but he was in the pregame and postgame show a lot, Brian Damaris and Derek Harper. You know, obviously we love all these dudes, but who do you think really, um, who would you pick this year? I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jessica. Uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, I didn't really watch the broadcast this year, but I feel like he had an elevated role uh, and definitely, you know, he was he was on some memes to say the least. So yeah, no, I mean, I'm gonna go with Skin Wade because you know his uh, he had that um health issue that kept him out for a couple months there. Uh, I, I, forgot, forgot, yeah, I, I don't know if you know that, that he still bounced back and came back to the playoffs, which is really admirable. So I think he wins the best broadcaster um this year. But you know, obviously, love all those guys. No, there's no sort of like animosity in any of you know throwing shade or any of those guys. We just wanted to kind of highlight uh, what Skin did, so that was really cool to us. Um. This is a funny one. Um, this is the last one we have. This is the best at not getting media's hopes up in, in the front office between the um the three sort of head honchos of the Mavericks here, Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, and Mark Cuban. Um, 
And who did you pick as the um, award for the best at not getting the media's hopes up in the front office? For sure, for sure, Nico, because he says like three words per interview. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, if, if we're counting summer league um, into this, then maybe not Nico because, you know, him saying Tim Hardaway Jr. He did say free, that. He did free say. agent acquisition. But I would probably go with him because last year, you know, he kept it really base level. Eh, we're always trying to have flexibility, things like that. You know, he gave, you know, his answers more more pleasurable to the ears, I'd say. But at the same time, Jason Kidd wasn't terrible. No, Jason Kidd. But he did say every once in a while, you'd have an interesting quote, you know, like the Reggie Bullet quote at the end of the season that Nick always points out on Locked On Mavs, like things of that nature. So, but yeah, definitely not Mark, but that's all I'm missing. <laughs> and I guess that goes for any season, though. But yeah. We've already expressed our opinions on that, but you know we do love we love Mark, don't we, dude? Well, yeah, we love him. We love, <laughs> we love him. Okay, let's make that very quick. We love Mark, even we want him to come on the podcast. Oh yeah, please. Yes, please yes, yes. Um. Anyhow, with that wraps it up for today. More of a fun one. We we will be back tonight, actually. So it'll release Tuesday morning. Um. Sorry for the inconsistency. Uh. Yeah, I know we said we were going to kind of like get after it in terms of the amount of pause we we're going to do and stuff, but we've just been running into a lot of real life stuff with school and work, but. We're really getting back into it here. Um, we had a deep talk the other night about um, getting out more pods and things of that nature. So we're going to be uh, really grinding um, here going forward. And uh, training camp and media day is right around the corner. So yeah. it's generally not too far. So uh, follow us follow us on Twitter at Mainstream underscore Maz if you haven't yet. Um, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're listening on. We're available on almost any uh, platform, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pitcast, all that stuff. Um, so make sure to follow us in there and rate us if you have the time. But um, without further ado, um, that wraps it up for today. We will see you guys later tonight. Um, Mainstream Mavs signing out. Peace.